Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BETUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up, so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their Best Ball Mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN, and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today. You Break Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in complete wheel repair, repairing wheels from curb rash, bends, and cracks. They also specialize in refinishing from polishing, machining, and custom colors that will suit your car's needs. Lastly, You Break Wheel Fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications. Contact them at 305-748-748. 0112. That's 305 748 or at You Break Wheel Fix on all social platforms. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24 7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. 
Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is not here. He's somewhere in Manchester, England. Which is not London. It's not. We've learned that. We learned that from some, some people on, on OnlyFans that got offended that I used, well, that I said that, you know, that Simon was in London. He wasn't, he was not in London. He's evidently been in Manchester this whole time. It's basically like, it's basically like saying if somebody, you know, somebody that lives in Nashville, like if you're like, oh, you're from Atlanta, right? <laughs> I guess, right? By the way, if you're, if you're listening, that's Chris Kaufman. You know, he's, oh, not, he's not on assignment somewhere in Tampa Bay. I'm not, I'm not in Manchester. I'm not in London. I'm not in Nashville and I'm not in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. But Benny Hill still is a national treasure in the UK. That, that's just a fact. I'm sorry. Benny Hill, Benny Hill is very dead. I know that was, that was pretty sad when I was made aware of it. I was yeah. even sadder when I was made aware that he was, he's been dead for almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah. But oh, well. I wonder you didn't know. Right. 20 years, Awful, 20 years right? ago. What were you doing 20 years ago? Jesus. I mean, let's not, That's... let's not pretend that you were like young 20 years ago, but like, <laughs> right. Okay. So 20 years ago, we're talking about, wow, it's 2001. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What the hell was I doing? 2001. Okay. I just started. Had I just started? Yeah. I just started my draft design business, I think. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was doing at the time. Uh, let me see. I just started college. Okay. I just started my draft design business. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm I got it clear. Yes. 2001. I started mm-hmm. my draft design business. I had ceased to work for anybody else two years prior to that. So yeah, that's what I was doing at in 2001. Wow. Yeah, I was I was just starting college and and I don't like there's there's memories that are probably gone because of, of a lot of we've, just we've started college way. stuff. Yeah. Uh some news by the way that we got to touch on. Uh Rayquan Davis goes on the IR. Hopefully it's just a 3 week thing. But this mm-hmm. other one, DJ Fluker got suspended, Chris. Did he? Yes. Supposedly. Oh wait, you just said that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's juicing. Well, allegedly allegedly i think yeah. wow. we don't, i don't think we have the information but he's somehow suspended for six weeks i'd say we bring him back in week seven <laughs> uh do we really need him i don't know yeah we'll do see. we right like i don't know uh, i guess we shall see we're gonna talk a little bit about that offensive line mm-hmm. wow what a week chris mm-hmm. it, the it's anticipation yeah, it's it's kind of big. It's it's a big it deal, right? You know what? Does it do, does it really feel like a, I felt like there was a ton of anticipation for the Patriots game. There was. Right? And and like everybody really worked themselves in knots over it. Um mm-hmm. I don't know that I feel like there's a ton of anticipation for this for this game because I think I think a lot of even though they lost last week, you know, I think a lot of people just kind of assume that Buffalo's the class of the division and it's like Yeah. You know, okay, well we got our win last week. So, yeah, now it's okay. We're going we're gonna to lose to Buffalo. Yeah, but there's a certain weight to it, right? Like, you start thinking about, wait, what if, what if the Dolphins win? Like, what do we do with ourselves? 
Well, that's, that's the thing. I, I mean, yeah. What do I do with my hands? Um, I, um, but <laughs> yeah. I, it's at home. So that's going to be interesting. Uh-huh. Um, one o'clock game heat. That's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, don't, don't disregard Pretty these big things. crowd. There's only scattered mm-hmm. tickets left. First, uh, first time that, you know, this, this time for our home advantage to, to play a part mm-hmm. with, uh, with a big crowd that, um, you know, haven't been together like this in a while. And, um, and so I think that uh, there's going to be, there should be some emotions. There should be uh, from both the players and the crowd energy and, uh, you know, loud stadium, everything, all of that stuff. And, a, and a hot stadium, a really, mm-hmm. really hot stadium is what, <laughs> what I'm getting because, because <laughs> we have that, you know, let's not forget the way the stadium is built with the canopy thing. Like, it basically is built so that the sun just blasts onto their sideline. Yes. They just cook. And they they cook on they one just side cook. of the field. And, yeah. and we're in the shade. Like the dolphins mm-hmm. are on the shady side and the bills will just like sit there, be sitting there on the sideline getting blasted with sun. And um, so, and then like when they're on the field itself, when they're on the grass, you know, the, it's a one o'clock game as long as if it stays a one o'clock game. Um, which it can't change at this point, can it? Like, is it too late to to change it? Yeah, it's too late, and it's only week two. They won't change yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Two. So, um, so it's going to be a one o'clock game. So there's going to be lots of heat on the on the grass itself, um, too. So, uh, that's going to be really interesting because, um, I think Miami. They mentioned it last week. They kind of teased it. Um, the the team that was doing the uh, the um, color commentary and stuff. They kind of teased it as if maybe this was something that they had learned in pre-production, which is that Miami, you know, feel like they're in really good shape because mm-hmm. of of how you know they've had to train and they've had training camp out in the sun and the heat and humidity and stuff like that. So they were kind of doing some hurry up to see if they could tire out the Patriots, but they mm-hmm. were like in New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's a little was, that's a little bit yeah. different than than doing it when you're in Miami. Like mm-hmm. in Miami, that's a little bit that's 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 a different a different level, I think, altogether. So they're gonna do that, I think, again. I don't think it worked as well with the, against the Patriots, and they're gonna try it again, and they're gonna be at home, and then we're gonna have the crowd and everything, and I'm, I'm you know, don't count them out. Yeah. Uh well, we've given our thoughts overall on the matchup, so let's get into some of the particulars. Let's talk the Bills' defense against Tua Tungvaluwa and the boys on offense. Will Fuller will be active today. He spoke to the media. I don't think they'll have him speak to the media and talk about how excited he is to be running patterns on Sunday if he wasn't playing, right? So I guess mm-hmm. they let that cat out of the bag. I guess Will yeah. Fuller is playing and probably what? starting. Why wouldn't he be? Right? Why wouldn't he be, right? Yeah. I mean, he's been practicing. He's been he's been full go. Um, he wasn't even he wasn't even listed on the injury report as like limited or anything like or or you know he wasn't a did not practice and he wasn't limited and he wasn't full participant, he just wasn't there on the injury yeah, it's report. Just that, it? It's just that a lot of us that are you know, it seems like he's not even part of the team to a, a Yeah, lot it seems like it's it, it didn't really happen. Like the signing yeah, including really like Omar Omar Kelly had a great line today. I believe he was on with the big O and he was like, 
you know what? I think I've seen Will Fuller run two or three patterns. And I was like, you saw him run two or three patterns? Well, that's about two or three more than I did. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. All I saw him was on, on a bike all summer. Wow. Okay. He was on a bike. Then he was standing on the sideline. Then he was gone. And then I was like, where's Will Fuller? Where did he go? Oh, there he is. He went back into <laughs> into the, the little canopy area under the bike. And he's with the bike again. And there mm-hmm. he goes. He's on the bike. And he's on the bike. Oh, now he's standing on on the sideline. Does he play football? (laughs) But he's going to play football now. All right. So how do you think the Bills might defend this offense? We got to kind of see what they want to get to week one. We saw what Belichick's approach to -hmm. this offense was. I thought it was kind of odd. He was very, very conscious of what was going on outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. Dude, but maybe that's just the Patriots. They don't want anybody getting behind them, getting deep on them. So maybe that's just you know that's just a, a predicate to their defense. And maybe yeah, I'm the reading Patriots, too much the into play, it. They did play a lot of single high though. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like they were pulled back into split safety, right? Um, they just had eight men in the coverage a lot. Mm-hmm. So so I don't know. Uh, how do you think Buffalo is going to try to handle this? Because if we take anything again from the Pittsburgh game. I don't think we can take much from the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. Uh, I think there are. There has to be some things that you can take from the Pittsburgh game. But um, so here's the thing: the, the, we we had it. We had it kind of not easy against the Patriots, but the Patriots thought so little of Miami's offensive line that they were going to sit back in eight men coverages and rush between three and four. Um, you know, the fourth man was sort of like an option rusher or a contained guy part of the time, or, you know, um, a delayed blitzer or something like that, or, or somebody that, that replaced when, you know, when there was, a, um, when, if we held the back in to block or something like that. So he's, he's mm-hmm. got no assignment. So he goes, ahead yeah, sometimes, sometimes what I noticed, uh, and, and this is just like going over today, uh, I was going over the, the all 22, which is an absolute unmitigated disaster this year for NFL game pass. Oh, right. I was yeah. going, I was going over the, the all 22. And one thing I noticed about the Patriots, uh, whoever was off on the weak side just came and he was the fourth guy every mm-hmm. single time. So they seem to well, figure, but, but not every out. time. Cause a lot of time they just rushed three. Yeah. That, so. Well, yeah, exactly. But when they sent four, they tried to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, who's on the weak side, who can be one-on-one with the tackle. And mm-hmm. that's who we're sending, you know, yeah. which kind of worked on Jesse Davis a couple of times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> let's just, let's just say, so I don't know. Uh, do you think, well, the, the bills are not going to do the at... same. The bills are not going to do the same thing. The bills have, the mm-hmm. bills have their defensive line. They're going to rush four. Um, they're going to rush between four and five. They're going to, they're going to, I mean, that's what they did. That's what they did against the Steelers. I have no reason to believe that they're going to do differently against the Dolphins. So it's going to be a little bit of a different task. The Dolphins offensive line uh, had to block between three and four rushers last week. They're going to have to block between four and five this week. It's going to be different. Um, and yes, the three or four rushers that the Patriots had, you know, including guys like Matt Judon, uh, you know, Lawrence Guy and, um, and some, some good players that the Patriots do have. Um, but this week, you know, now it's, it's Ed Oliver. It's, you know, it's, um, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Hughes, you know, Mario Addison is a pure, star, pure speed star. Lululeli is coming back 
for this week. Is he? he is play. he? And I I thought he was like a little questionable. He's been, but, uh, he's been upgraded to questionable. So okay, that's a, that's well, we'll like a good sign for them. Yeah, it's it's a good sign, but we'll see. Um, Greg Rousseau, he's going to play. Um, he's you know he's an interesting player. Um, so I think that, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be in a way more challenging than last week, even though a lot of people were like going, going nuts over how much talent the Patriots have on the edges. Um, the Patriots kind of held that held back a little bit because they had a little bit different game plan. I think the Buffalo bills are going to, you know, be rushing between four and five people. And we're going to see Matt Milano come in on pass rushes. You know, we're going to see, um, you know, we're, we're going to see some, some stuff and, uh, and this is going to be a test of the offensive line. And it's just unfortunate that Austin Jackson comes back this week and I don't know what I'm going to get from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, do you, he's been I mean, handed I, his left tackle spot again. Well, he, he yeah. is, he is, he, I mean, he's going to play this, his spot, but I don't, yeah. you know, Liam Eikenberg, he had the holding penalties and then he got tripped on that one play, but um, you you almost like even just in the one game, you almost felt like, oh, well, I know what I'm going to get from him consistently week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Austin Jackson has never been like that. And uh, so so you don't know if he's going to show up and be, you know, just fine or you don't know if he's going to show up and be a disaster, which is like the Chicago game. That was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a Chicago game, right? That he was, <laughs> yeah, that was not good. <laughs> that was not good. Um, so we don't know. And he's going to be a pretty big key because they are going to be rushing between four and five. They're going to sit down with four defensive linemen and try and get in onto a tongue of ILO and then, and then see. Um, so yeah, that's, it's going to be one difference. Um, but I think if you're Miami, you have all these, you have all, all your weapons now, you have a full complement, right? Mm-hmm. This yep. is, it's, it's go time. It's, it's Will Fuller. It's Jalen Waddle. It's Devonte Parker. It's Mike Gesicki. Um, you've got, you know, you've, you got Savan Ahmed that you can use out of the backfield. Um, Miles Gaskin is capable of catching the ball out of the backfield too, but, um, you've, you've got, You've got all these weapons. This is this is time to go prove it. If they're playing too deep, then you're hitting Mike Kosicki up the middle because middle field open. You know, if they're if they're playing one deep middle field closed, then you are throwing the you know the shit out of uh, out of Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and single matchups on the outside. Um, Jalen Waddle, you know, still using him as as that X factor guy. And it's time to show what this this approach can do. And one thing that I saw in that Pittsburgh game is I, I don't really have as much regard for that Buffalo secondary as I thought I might. Mm-hmm. And, I did the, and- I did the rock pile report yesterday, uh, which is a, a known Buffalo bills podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were basically telling me straight up that I sensed a, a little bit of fear on yeah. who Levi Wallace was going to guard in this game. And they yep. were wondering, they're wondering, so Will Fuller, you think he's going to play? I'm like, I'm certain he's going to play. He's yeah. like, well, I don't know who's oh, going to be on him. He's then. like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's for real. Like, throw, throw downfield, and the key is throwing downfield against them because they were getting penalties. They were allowing, you know, they were allowing some big plays. You know, hit them on the edges with like speed stuff. They, I mean, I think Chase Claypool had a big end around against them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just really challenge them uh, because I'm not sure they're really up to it. Uh, and, and I, I hope that Miami has that in their wheelhouse because, you know, sometimes with these guys, you're like, oh, they're just really caught up in trying to run the ball or something. 
And I'm not sure if I'd run the ball more than 10 times in this game. Mm. You know, that I'm just being honest. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. Uh, but if they you're throwing at you, if they're too deep, then you're going to hit Mike Kosicki all over, all up the middle and, um, and then hit some guys underneath to, for run after catch, especially Jalen Waddle. Um, but if they're, if they're single high, then, then you're, you're throwing, you're throwing deep verticals on them, get to a, get, get him back to what he was pre Sarkeesian at Alabama when he was just one of the most deep oriented quarterbacks in college football. Speaking of Sarkeesian, a little RPO, it's been revealed today by great work by Joe Shad for asking the question and Tua was pretty revealing. And what I liked about it is he had just finished saying that he, he spoke to Dan and Dan told him, pick a guy and let it fly is his only advice. And Tua had like a little smirk on his face when he said, oh, yeah, that uh, that pass to Devontae Parker from on on my own five yard line with the game on the line on first and 14. I checked out of that. <laughs> That was supposed yeah, to be checked, a run. He checked out of he checked out of a run to hit that pass. Yes. To hit that pass. Uh needless to say, we've had quarterbacks here before that would have not done that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan no, Fitzpatrick. I, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill would yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is yellow. But um, <laughs> but Ryan Tannehill would not have. Um, we have, you know, other quarterbacks that um that would not uh, that would not have the you know the balls to do that. I think this is I, I don't want to. I guess I don't want to overstate it, but at the same time, this is a really big deal to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably more than people would think because, you know, the moment that this was in the game, first and 14 from the four yard line, 324 left in the clock, protecting a one point lead with New England having all three of their timeouts plus the two minute uh, warning. Um, They that's a losing situation. After that penalty by um, the holding call on Liam Eikenberg, that was a very that was a losing situation. I bet you the uh, I, I would bet you quite a bit that mm-hmm. um, that the odds were more in favor of losing from that position than they were in, in winning, even with the lead. Um, because because I mean you go you go three and out there, you're punting to them midfield. They've got you know one or two first downs to make before they're kicking a game winning field goal. And uh, and we had had trouble stopping Mac Jones at that point from converting, you know, moving the sticks. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think that uh, that would have been a, that that should have been a loss at that point. And in fact, if they stuck with the play call, the run call on that uh, first and 14, which probably, you know, whether it was RPO or run, it probably would have failed, you know, probably wouldn't wouldn't have gotten much. Um, that's where they were headed. That's where that's that's the the path they were ninety percent. That was the path they were heading down uh, to me, and um, and Tua, you know, with with one little signal, probably just probably just signaled Devonte Parker and Devonte Parker alone, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage, run a slant. Everybody else ran the RPO. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody everybody else ran the RPO. He ran the slant, and uh, and Tua just used those magic feet of his. Which are so quick to um, to you know fool the defense into thinking he was going into the RPO action because this that was that was his training from Steve Sarkeesian. I brought some stuff up on Twitter about how um, how important Steve it was to Sarkeesian uh, at Alabama to make all of their play their play action stuff look so much and smell so much like their RPO stuff. Um, 
you know, he, he did, he did his job. He did a phenomenal job with his feet, uh, faking it out and, and then just hitting it so quick. And, uh, no, the ball wasn't perfect actually. Um, and if it was Jalen Waddle and if it was a perfect ball, it's probably a 96 yard touchdown. Um, but you know, that's, but still it was just one of the biggest, maybe the biggest play in the game aside from maybe the Jason McCourty play that we were talking Mm -hmm. about zero cover and, and Jason McCourty makes that play on the deep, you know, after new England got it all blocked up. Um, that might've been the biggest play in the game that, that one. And the fact that he opted into it at that huge moment in the game, I, I mean, really, I don't, I don't want to overstate it, but at the same time, I really don't want to understate it. That was pretty, that was pretty special. Yeah. And I, what I thought was special was also the disposition on the sideline. After we get the fumble, uh, Tua is seen on the sideline, rallying the offense together and essentially screaming at them. They don't get it back. Mm-hmm. Basically tell him, let's go get some first downs. Let's end this game. He had the right idea. And when he was asked today, he said, yeah, we didn't want them to get the ball back. We wanted to finish the game with the ball. So, you know, it's I know that it's minor. It's a minor thing. And it's something that everybody should be thinking about. But believe it or not, some quarterbacks would not be thinking that way. Some quarterbacks are are conditioned to mm-hmm. just run to, to thinking, you know what? We got to be extremely safe here and just hand it over to the defense to try to win it. Run as much time off as we can, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, especially when you're backed up to onto your own four, it it shuts off a lot of the playbook to me when you're Mm -hmm. backed up onto your four, anything, any kind of pass play that could take any amount of time or any amount of depth to, um, to, you know, uh, in the backfield to, to run is just shut off because it's too dangerous of a situation. So, you know, there's a lot shut off. The defense kind of knows what's coming. Uh, it's, it's a really tough situation. They had a successful play before that play, right? I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they got the holding penalty on Liam Eikenberg, and that, that sucked. But, um, but they, had a, they had just had a successful play before that. But I think that uh, that drive is not to be understated. That was, that was a really key. There were, four, there were three scoring drives in the game, um, but that was a fourth to me. Um, you know, that was, that was a very tough situation that they pulled themselves out of. And, uh, and I think that, uh, all, all the credit to them. So now what, what's the follow-up, you know, against mm-hmm. the bills is this, is this bills defense, what it might've been in the past, or are we just, you know, we just throw the ball 50 times on them and, and, you know, see, see what we can do with all these horses, because, We've got them, right? Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing what the offense actually looks like this week. Because as somebody somebody posted on on Twitter uh, a list of notable quarterbacks last year against Bill Belichick and that New England defense, which by the way they did go seven and nine. They weren't all that great, but it's a who's who of quarterbacks, and none of them threw for more than 250 yards, including Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. And they all had an interception. Okay. So Tua kind of just, you know, kind of produced the same game that Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin, well, Justin Herbert was actually really bad, but he produced the same winning effort that guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson produced last year. Well, you know, and especially in Gillette, you know, um, that's just, it's just, it's just the way it's going to be. And I know, I know dear listener, we're not burying the lead. 
that we're going to talk about it now. That Buffalo offense with that quarterback against right. our defense. Yeah. Welcome back, right? Uh, that's the tough What are we doing? One. Like, what are we what doing? Are... I, I, but, hey, look, I have a plan, okay? You do? I, okay. I said I said earlier this week I was on with Dono, and, and he asked me, well, you know, what are they doing? I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to know? If I, if I did, I'd call Brian Flores. Like, nobody has an idea. You know, you know what the Brian Flores has shown in two years that he still doesn't know the answer to that question. So why, how? Yeah. Are we so why? Gonna... How the hell am I going to know? But I got an idea, Chris. I okay. got an idea. All right, go ahead. Okay, I have a new idea. A new one. Now let's just play coverage. Maximum of four, and somebody has to get there. Emmanuel Ogba, Andrew Van Ginkel, Jalen Phillips. Game's on you, buddy. Go get us some sacks. Go get us some pressures. Go get us some quarterback hits. Because we're not sending more than four. Let's play coverage. We're not allowing 40 and 50 yard touchdowns. Okay. We're well, make let me them count- earn everything. Let me counterpoint that one for a second. You're playing, you're you're playing four, and, and I'm tempted to do that too. I'm tempted to line up uh to line up Emmanuel Agba, Christian Wilkins, you know, John Jenkins, um, or Adam Butler, uh, or Zach Sealer. And um, and actually Jalen Phillips uh, on the outside, because I want I want big. I want big out there because Josh Allen is a big, big guy. So um, so I want big out there. I'm tempted to line up those four. I mean, that's what the Steelers did. They they mm-hmm. rushed with four. They pulled back. But, you know, the Steelers are quite adept at zone coverage. And mm-hmm. and so if you're throwing. Well, they four, have the best I, they have the best zone co- uh, corner in the last 10 years in Joe Hayden. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you're throwing four down on, it, uh, uh, on them at all times, the uh, just four down linemen, you're know, rushing Josh Allen. Are you pulling back into man coverage? Or are you pulling back into zone coverage? Cause if you're pulling back into man coverage, that is a recipe for him to come scrambling outside of the pocket. And, and he's running for, you know, he'll run for 40 yards at a time. <laughs> Which because I mean, he's because he has he has feet, he has speed, and he's so big and strong. Like you, you never know when he's going to break. Um, so, are, if you're doing it in man, then you're really running that risk. Like you're really running that risk that Josh Allen is just going to run, and he's 20 yards down the field before your guys even turn around and and notice and know it. You know, um, that's that's the danger of man coverage. So if so, so there's that. And then it's like, okay, well then we'll pull back in zone. And it's like, well, if you're pulling back in zone, there's part of you that has to, that has to look at this and say, we didn't build this secondary to play zone. No, we did not. We didn't pay Xavier Howard a bunch of money and pay Byron Jones a bunch of money. And then, and then find, you know, Nick Needham and um and then and get jason mccordy now as uh as, as a guy who can play single cover he, you know he can play man coverage as well as play the deep center um and you know and eric rowe who is a, who is a man cover s- s- strong safety that's what he is like we didn't you didn't build all that to play zone be and and they showed it there were t- times they were playing zone against mac jones and the patriots and it looked they soft didn't know how to play it didn't look like they knew how to play it sometimes it looked good but then sometimes it was like Ooh, you know, that like Nelson Aguilar just walked in for that touchdown. It was easy. Um, you know, so, so I, we didn't build, why not? You know, there's part of me that's like, this defense kind of was built in the spirit of Brian Flores is going to throw the entire fucking house at you. 
and then rely on four guys in the back, like cover zero, four guys in the back <laughs> to just make sure that you don't pay for it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what he built it for. And so there's a big part of me that just wants to say, you know what? Screw in or out, you know, be in or be out, like do what you're either be out and mm. do what you're saying. Like we rush four and pull everybody back into coverage at all times, or just go all the way in and rush seven a bunch of the times, you know, go cover, go zero, zero blitz and, um, and challenge him to escape a zero blitz, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that he'll be patient enough against the zero, you know, to just keep taking the underneath because against the zero blitz, uh, Mac Jones had a few answers, mm. um, you know, where he would, he would just know what he needs to hit and, and just be very patient and controlled about it. You know, whether it's the out route or whether it's the drag across the middle, um, you know, he would just, he would just be very patient about it. I would challenge Josh Allen because I don't think he's that kind of quarterback. Um, and, and then just like throw everybody out there and see if, see somebody's got to bring them down. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would really, it's it, to me, it's all or nothing. I would, you know, just, just zero the zero, the fuck out of them or, or just pull back in coverage and keep everybody in front of you. One thing I noticed about Josh Allen against the Steelers I don't I'm not so sure if you want to speed him up because against the Steelers, he seemed to be looking when he had time and you could almost see it. You could almost see him processing like, OK, I got five yards right there or I got six. But, man, you know what? I really want that 20 yard in cut that's yeah. about to pop. <laughs> and oh, wait a minute. Oh, now I'm getting hit. And you can almost see him processing like, no, I don't want this. I want that over there. And I think mm -hmm. that was that was hurting him. So yeah, that, I don't know. Do you want to speed him up? He, get, he gets he gets greedy. He gets greedy. Um, and that's that was true in college. Um, so yeah, that's the temptation. But at the same time, like, can we trust our zone coverage? Right. Now let me ask you this, okay. Because uh, I heard this thrown out there as well. Why not? Why not go with the the testosterone fueled option of sitting down with Xavier Howard and telling him, "Look, I don't need need you in the in the defensive meeting this week because your mission is wherever Stephon Diggs goes, you're going. If he goes to the sideline, you stand right next to him. If he goes on a if he's on the punt team, you go on the punt team too. Is it time to have Xavier Howard travel with Stephon Diggs? Um, I mean, you paid him a bunch, so why not? <laughs> he's never done it. He's never done it. It's not something he's, he's never done it. Not, well, I mean, done. But yeah, I mean, because you, you don't. I think generally speaking, you don't want him. You don't want him going on the slot, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> you're right. So, so yeah, you're not necessarily traveling when when uh Stefan Diggs goes to the slot, and then all of a sudden, Xavier Howard has to look at Byron Jones and say, "Ah, uh, you got him now." <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 a tough one, um, but I I kind of I kind of think that on a, a lot of the time we should just throw the house at at Josh Allen, throw everybody at him. You know, if you're going to come in at him, really come in at him. Don't give him a chance. You know, and mm -hmm. and you know then force him. And so what we did, you can still play sort of umbrella um, coverage uh, with with 
a cover zero. You know, we, we did that against uh, New England where we had, you know, four guys, four guys kind of, you see them all lined up and at about 10 yards, but they're in man. They are in man. Mm. Um, now what, what you have when that, when you do that is you have some easy underneath options, like some, some quick out routes or something like that, uh, that Mac Jones was able to take, or maybe a drag or something. Um, but you know, will Josh Allen be able to take those, uh, and, and be patient if you, if you do that now, you're not going to play cover zero with everybody up on the line, right? That's Mm. that, that doesn't really happen. Um, I don't think (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) And Ryan Flores is kind of a madman sometimes, but, um, but yeah, so, so I don't know. I I think that, I think really this is, Hey, this is kind of what we built, right? Yeah. Right. We, we built this man coverage secondary. We built this aggressive zero blitzing team. Like that's, we did a bunch of zero blitzes last year, had a ton of success with it. You know, you either built your team well enough to win this game. And they're building some redundancy as well, if you think about it. Because you have Kristen Wilkins, who's our he's our chief one four stunt guy, right? Mm -hmm. And then who do they sign in free agency? Adam Butler. And what was Adam Mm -hmm. Butler doing in New England? Well, he was their chief one four stunt guy. (laughs) So they 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 know what they want to do, and they're getting players to do exactly what they want to do. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's it's a showdown. Like, yeah, it's one of those like, you know, if we lose, we kind of expected it. You wanna you wanna have a good showing though. But if we win, it's one of those like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. Like, are we actually talking about a Super Bowl around here? You know, like, uh, is that what we're going? Because well, I'll take I, my I chances think... with some home games in the playoffs here. Because that's exactly think... what you're playing for. I think it's time to start thinking about. Uh, I think it's time to start thinking about that as a possibility. Yeah, I, yeah. If you I, win I really this do. game on Sunday, dear listener, if you win this game on Sunday, think about what you've done. You have a two-game lead on the Buffalo Bills, and you have two division wins locked away. Right. Yep. That gives you the inside track to two, a home your game. Your two toughest opponents. Exactly. Your two toughest division opponents. Right. And remember what we all talked about. We were talking about uh, throwing a parade down Biscayne Boulevard if they could go out of their, their first five games, three and two. And two and three was actually acceptable when we did our preview show. And that was when we were talking about 11 wins. So what happens if now you start running off wins in the first five games? And then when you have your, what quote-unquote, soft stretch, mm-hmm. you're sitting there with a 4-1 and one record going into your soft stretch. You're talking about maybe, who knows? I don't think anybody's catching Kansas City for the one seed. But you got the two seed, and if you had the two seed, you stay home until you go to Kansas City for an AFC title game. Yeah, you got to start thinking about it, right? You so, really have to start thinking about it. And this is this is the point I want to make about that about starting to think about it. Okay, whether you believe that Tua Tagovailoa is is you know the bee's knees or not, I don't give a shit. All right, mm. at the very least, at the very least, he is ubiquitous for what the Dolphins have had at quarterback for since Dan Marino retired like nobody should be able to say different than that all right and, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't give a you you can try and get all nuanced to be like oh but Chad Pennington did this or you know well, fuck you mm-hmm. um I think that I think that Tua Tungavailoa is at least basically at least as good as anybody that we've had at quarterback in the post Dan Marino era we have the best secondary 
that we've had the most talented secondary, the best secondary that we've had since at least the Johnson Wanstead era, at least, mm-hmm. yes. you know, um, we have, you know, Emmanuel Ogba, if you really pay attention to what, you know, how he's playing and even in just the first game, how he's playing, um, you know, look at him. He's already, I think he, even PFF loves him. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. he's a really, he's a really good player. Uh, Christian Wilkins is a good player. Um, you know, we have, we have Jalen Phillips as well as uh, Andrew Van Ginkle and, um, and Zach Sealer is a, is a, I think he's a phenomenal player. Yeah. In my um, opinion, Zach Sealer, and I've said this before, there's probably a rookie somewhere or a, a guy on a rookie deal that's spectacular and I don't have him. And, you know, you could, you can, you know, you know who they are. But pound for pound, Zach Seed is one of the best football players in the NFL. I mean, dollar Definitely. for dollar is dollar what I for dollar. Say. Dollar for dollar. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the best players in the NFL. He, that guy should cost you $8 million a year. And, he, and he's costing. At, yeah, at least half of that. Uh, yeah, he should be. I would think eight to 10, and especially in today's um, salary cap, you know, maybe even more, but uh, maybe even 10. But, um, but I, so, so you have a good defensive front. You have Jerome Baker. You have, um, you have the best secondary that you've had since at least Johnson Wanstead. You have on the offensive side of the ball, this is probably the best skill position, skill between Mike Gesicki, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Parker. We just saw last week that Devontae Parker is still Devontae Parker, right? That was a nice yep. proof of concept. Okay. Uh, we saw what Jalen Waddle could do too, right? Mm-hmm. That was a nice proof of concept. And on now the first Will play Fuller. Of the game. <laughs> On the free, yeah, and now Will Fuller steps in at, uh, at you know, and he was one of the top five receivers last year, really. If you if you, if you look at it, this is and Mike Gesicki is is there too. This is yeah. the best skill position unit that probably I don't know. I, I I can't think of a skill position unit the Miami's had that's better. Um, and then the an, only an one quarter- that comes close was Irving Fryer, Mark Ingram, Keith Jackson, OJ McDuffie. Yeah, and I mean, at one and, point they had Tony Martin. That's the only thing that comes close. Yeah, and, and it comes and close because so, that one had Dan Marino. You know that offense. It's had clearly, it's clearly, it's clearly up there with just about anything. The quarterback mm-hmm. is up there with just about anything we've had since Marino. This, you know, as I said on the defense and and the defensive intelligentsia, uh, you know, the coaching staff is really <laughs> yeah. good too. I mean, this is a respected. This is not just player driven. You know, um, this is this is a respectable coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. We still wild cardish on the offensive side of the ball. I'll, I'll grant you. Um, if they can't do that, do it with this. When are they going to? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. This mm-hmm. is as good as it's going to be. Yeah, I don't Pretty see much. how it gets better. Unless like next year they keep everything that they have right now and they, and keep they buy all, something and, and, the, they buy and something. then they, and then they buy one more thing and then Jalen Phillips goes off goes off or something like right. that. That's the only way it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a Absolutely. big if. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's a big if because you have to buy the right guy because you could also be buying a dud for and a lot of money or maybe even guys. picks. You have to not lose anybody either. Mm-hmm. That's also important. Absolutely. Lose, lose anybody to age, not lose anybody to injury, not lose anybody to money. Mm-hmm. And they got two big ones in Emmanuel Ogba and Mike Kosecki. Uh huh. All right. And Will it's time. I'll give you Simon's first. Simon is predicting a shootout. He's he's predicting Buffalo thirty four, Miami thirty one. What say you, Chris? I think that this offense really has to un, untrack and and will throw all over Buffalo. I 
they have to. And um, I see it. I see it a lot Simon's way. I mean, because the defensively, I'm just not sure if we can stop him or not. Um, but I, I want to take the opposite. I'm, I'm predicting a Miami victory. If they don't win at home here against Buffalo and show that they can do this right here and right now, I start to question the total vision. But I'll be yeah. honest. It's time. They have to do it, right? They are three and a half point underdogs at home but it is time they have to do do you have a score yeah i I would go the opposite of simon 34 31 the dolphins all right uh... yeah on the defensive side of the ball i just don't see i have to like actually see it with my own eyes we caught a glimpse dolphins took a 20 to 17 lead in the fourth quarter last year against this bills team then all hell broke loose how did it all break break loose Uh, a bunch of bombs to John Brown and to Stephon Diggs mm-hmm. and our secondary essentially failing Byron Jones was not there. I think that makes a huge difference this time around. You're talking about the offense, man. I know what I saw and you kind of saw some glimpses of it in that game against the Patriots. If they give us those looks Tua this year, Tua Tagovailoa is prepared this year to take what is given to him. And if they give you him mean, those deep, you mean shots, the deep ball, you mean the deep, deep balls. Yeah, yeah, he is not he's not going to turtle up like he did last year. He's going to take those shots. Mm-hmm. And I think he gets a couple of them and he wins a shootout. And I think it's going to be one of those epic things where, you know, they go back and forth. But I don't think that this means that Buffalo is dead. I remind you, while Buffalo was going to Super Bowls in the 90s, the Dolphins were winning games against them. And guess mm-hmm. what? They were even hosting AFC championship games against them and then losing so it doesn't mean that buffalo's dead if miami wins it just means they win the first part of a two game series i think miami wins at home i think it's a field goal i think jason sanders sets up from like 50 and hits it 30 to 27 miami yeah i kind of envision that actually miami getting getting a little bit uh, ahead actually in the game and then trying to stave off like a really hard charging uh comeback by josh allen like when he just like he makes a 70 yard plate pulls a 70 yard plate out of his ass and um you know and please no 70 yard plays yeah <laughs> no 70 yard plays please none please not one on our side yeah we'll we'll take five of them if we can yeah. but no yeah, no, none. <laughs> All right. And try to enjoy this. I know that the, the jitters will be would be huge, but think about it. Nobody's expecting you to win, but if you do win, mm-hmm. go crazy, Miami. Go crazy. All right, that's it. There's no more. The next time we talk to you, we will have results in hand. We will know if they are 2-0 and and at, at top the entire AFC. Till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
and MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area in its April 1st, 2024.